Hello, it's me, Ryan Lichten. I'm here with Adam Papagan, and today we're talking about jumping the shark. This is Culture Dumps. Adam, how's the gubernatorial race going? Oof. Oof. <laughs> it sucks, dude. Politics sucks. Not I remember all. the last time I was here, we were talking about how funny the 2003 recall election it was. Yeah. And I thought I was going to be, you know, going on the game show network. And uh, no, they've made it a lot harder since 2003. Yeah, politics. Not all it's chopped up to be, yeah. No, it, it sucks. It really sucks. I've had to go to Norwalk three times in the last <laughs> couple of weeks because you can only submit this paperwork in person. You can't do anything on the internet. None of these agencies talk to each other. You get conflicting information. It's costing me a bunch of money. I made a mistake on my forms, which is either going to cost me $100 or $5,000. I don't know which. Oh, my call, God, I have to dude. call the, the financial the Fair Political Practices Commission tomorrow, and they're only open from 9 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. Monday through Thursday. So if you have to, like, work or whatever, like, you can't call them. It's just, like, impossible. This is all to keep people like you from running for office. Exactly. <laughs> it's all to keep people, anybody who's not rich, basically. Like, the first thing you'll do if you get in office is make it easier for people to get into office. That's right, actually. <laughs> I'm going to end behested campaign donations. I'm going to, everything, any government thing you should be able to pay for online. Right. That's that's a thing. Yeah, I got well, a lot of big plans. Yeah, you probably spent a lot of fucking time at the post office, too. FedEx. Yeah. Uh, I had to print out two copies, hard copies, of my tax returns from the last five years, <laughs> one of which had to be redacted Like, by the hand. last president really didn't have to, like, show his tax returns when, like, the entire country is pounding at his door to do so, but Adam here has to fucking... Go to FedEx to hard print copies. out hard copies Hard copies. They couldn't be emailed. <laughs> they couldn't be emailed. It cost me $50 to send them to Sacramento. And then when I called on Monday to see if they got them, they're like, oh, we got to check the mail. Sorry, let me call you back. And they called back later that day, and they're like, yeah, we got them. I was like, well, did I do it right? I mean, the filing fee is non-refundable. If I didn't do it right, I'm out $4,100. <laughs> For two hundred dollars, really, it's four thousand one hundred ninety-four. This is a lot cents. of effort and money just to see your name on the ballot, but I respect that. Yeah, well, you know, it's gonna be. I, now I'm armed with this information. There's no going back. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, today's topic is television related, which is why Adam is a perfect uh, guest host to to have on for this one. I think this was actually your idea of, of a dump to to do oh, maybe. to do this specific one. Yeah, like a, a year ago or whatever. But jumping the shark. This is an interesting dump because not only is it one specific moment that we're talking about, it's also kind of like a philosophical thing. It's a. It's like a. A fun phrase in the lexicon it's like slang almost you know um and what it is essentially is taking the storyline of a tv show or a movie or even like a book or something with like an established storyline and characters with a formula that's been working and doing something so out of the ordinary that it permanently damages the reputation of the project from then on um, and maybe not even damages it in a way that it gets it canceled or something, but just there's always going to be this one moment where everyone's like, what the fuck? That was so unnecessary. And it happens in much, many more things than just television. Like I said, it's, it's movies, too, and there's a different word for that that we'll get to in, in books and comic books and even some concept albums you could consider to be jumping the shark moments, you know. Well, you know, I just wanted to say, because I was thinking about this on the way over. Uh, you know, you could you could play things. Oh, there's too formulaic. Oh, everything's the same. Then somebody tries to try something new. Oh, they jumped the shark. They changed it too much. Right. I, well, it's, it's not. not fair. It's, it's not, not fair, about Ryan. Well, it's not about like uh, moments where it's like, oh, like they, you know, they brought a kid into the show. Although sometimes that could be considered a shark jump. Cousin Oliver. Th this is yeah. This is literally like 
a like about a television show about high school kids at like the soda shop, and then one day randomly they go to L.A. and one of them water skis over a shark. Well, like, I'll, t- I'll tell you what happened, Ryan. Uh, Fonzie was going to be in a movie, and he right. had to do a screen test. Right? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Oh, it was we, a three-part episode. Yeah, yeah. This and this was the the third part. But why is this a culture dump specifically? Well, to jump the shark is to create a culture dump. Like uh, almost any moment mm. when that's when mm. it's happened, when someone could say, "Oh, that's they jumped the shark on that one." That in itself could be a dump. So you know, and the origin of the phrase and the phrase itself are both culture dumps too. Uh, there's hundreds of examples of this occurring. You know, and each one could be considered something that we would do an episode on. So in a sense, jumping the shark is a dump that keeps on dumping. <laughs> it, it, it's like a perpetual dump. It's very meta uh, because yes, to jump the shark is to create a culture dump. So the very first shark that was ever jumped. On September 20th, 1977, in Los Angeles, California, Arthur Fonzarelli jumped over a shark on water skis. Or at least actor Henry Winkler jumped over a shark on water skis. Or to be more exact, a stunt double portraying Henry Winkler as Arthur Fonzarelli jumped over a shark on water skis. But why? Well, he was wearing his leather jacket when he did it. Right. That Which was, is, that's the most outrageous part. It, pretty much. That's the jumpiest part. Yeah, yeah. Well, because I mean, because otherwise it could just be anyone. Like if you put anyone on that show in happy in Happy Days in a leather jacket, like they'll pass for Fonzie. Like there could have been an episode where, like, any of the characters wore a leather jacket, and then everyone else would have been like, "Oh, is that Fonz?" And like that would have been a believable premise, like for that show. Like that's how iconic the leather jacket is. So the iconic American sitcom Happy Days aired from 1974 to 1984 and introduced some of the most iconic characters in the history of television, particularly Arthur Fonzarelli, aka the Fonz, aka Fonzie. And uh, Happy Days was kind of like a nod to the innocence of the 1950s and was a reaction to the more decadent and way less innocent era that America was entering. You know, come the mid 70s. So it really was this yearning for the good old days back when things were simple and. You know, you went to ice cream socials and stuff like that. And, you know, because the 70s, as we know from our disco demolition episode, was pretty, pretty rough time. Yeah, but the 50s were great. Yeah, all that conformity, all that conformity, and yeah, racism. No one had it. No one had it yeah. tough in the fifties. Yeah, they were just great. It well, was all just shooby dooby doo, la 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 la. <laughs> well, if you're watching, you know, if you live in Milwaukee where Happy Days takes place, I mean, chances are most of those people probably did have it, have it pretty easy. You yeah. know, yeah, uh, except for the ones who had to use different drinking fountains. Yeah, but you know, other than that, yeah. the fifties well, were awesome. on Happy Days. You know, you didn't see too many uh, characters that. Uh, you know, the, there, would there have was, had to use the different drinking fountain. There was a black character actually uh, in the episode Fonzie for the Defense, where Fonzie and Howard both have jury duty. Um, there was a black guy who was being accused of um, of uh, purse, purse snatching, and uh, everyone thought he did it. And then Fonzie was reading the uh, the evidence, and he was like, "Wait, wait a minute! It said he held up." <laughs> <laughs> it said he held up the purse with his left hand. He was on a British bike. The accelerator's on the left-hand side. Oh, that was God, a horrible Fonzie knows, impression. Yeah, he, he knows motorcycles. He's a mechanic. Yeah, he knows motorcycles. Yeah. Right. Yeah, because he's like America's least tough, tough guy. Yeah. Is, is, is kind of his deal. But also, I love that. It's like, next up on Happy Days, to kill a mockingbird. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, what the fuck? So midway through the show's run, the writers decided to spice things up by having the gang hit the road. In the three-part season five opener titled Hollywood, parts one through three, some hotshot Hollywood executives meet the Fonz after their limousine breaks down in Milwaukee. Of course. Yeah, like, you got classic. It's like, what do we do? And, like, they're so rich that none of them hey, could yeah. just jump on a plane 
limousine and like get back to no. well, I mean it's the fifties, so they have to drive their limousine across the country. Fonzie uh, had to bump the hood of the limousine with his fist to get it to start again. Oh my god, and that should have been that it. actually happened, but that, yeah. that's what he did. That's how he started the jukebox. Yes, exactly. Yeah, it, it probably worked. I mean, he's a mechanic, he knows. Yeah. You know, and they love his look so much that they invite him back to Hollywood for a film audition, and the entire Happy Days gang comes along for the ride because that would happen. Uh, now, while in Hollywood, Fonzie encounters kind of a West Coast version of himself known as the California Kid who challenges okay. Fonz to a water ski stunt off where he would jump over a captive tiger shark. Uh, this isn't the craziest thing that's happened on Happy Days, by the way. Well, because prior to this, Fonzie had already jumped over a bunch of trash cans or something right. on his motorcycle. Right, I exactly. And the thing is that's kind of interesting about this particular episode is it's like no one remembers that. Like, even Fonz, who learned a valuable lesson about pride and self-control. He got hurt. Yeah, he got hurt, you know? And, like, it's like, oh, no, like, yeah, jump over a shark. Forget that lesson that you learned last time you were in this literally exact same situation. Uh, but that was Milwaukee. This is Hollywood. You got to amp it up. But Winkler, uh, that you know, Henry Winkler, who played Fonzie, he could water ski and so his dad I guess pressured him was like hey tell the tell the producers that you can water ski too maybe they'll maybe they'll use that for something so he did but then they're like yeah but you're not gonna jump a shark cause you're our fucking star so it's like a stunt double so really it's just like shots of Henry Winkler like waving to everyone and everyone's like he's really gonna do it and like that's that's the extent to which he water skis and the stunt goes off without a hitch it left millions of viewers stunned and confused over what they just saw now Happy Days was a show about driving until you ran out of gas Sock hops, soda jerks in high school. This episode was a major departure from the usual formula, which by season five had become a well-oiled machine. In fact, there was already an episode, like we just talked about, very similar to this one, where Fonzie jumps over a bunch of barrels and gets seriously injured. And he learned this lesson, and it's totally forgotten, and that's why, even more so than the fact that he was jumping a shark, which is fucking crazy... It's the just complete disregard for everything that's happened on the show up to that point is kind of the thing. That's kind of the thing with shark jumps, too. It's it's not only a crazy thing that happens out of nowhere, but, like, you have to kind of suspend your, you know, belief of the rest of the show, too. Yeah. Well, you it know? goes from being a, a – basically every sitcom had this happens. It starts pretty grounded. It starts as one thing, and then there'll be a breakout character. Family Matters, for example. Right. Middle-class black family living in Chicago, dealing with real issues. But they got this neighbor kid named Urkel. Right. And he explodes, and there's the Urkel doll. And by the end of the series, he's time-traveling. Right, and he's yeah. he's cloning himself. And, and, yeah, and, my yeah. girlfriend was talking about that. Yeah, he, like, gets, like, like he, like, becomes really handsome. Stefan. Yeah. Stefan Urkel. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's a shark yeah. jump. Mm -hmm. You know, because it's just like, okay, what the fuck? And while this episode, you know, went down in history as one of the most ridiculous story arcs of all time, it wasn't even close to being the strangest thing that Happy Days did. The man behind this infamous Shark Jump episode was writer Fred Fox Jr. And Fox Jr. never quite understood why that particular episode caught so much flack. According to him, the craziest thing Happy Days ever did was introduce an alien named Mork, oh, yeah, who Mark. then, played by a young Robin Williams, but... Everyone loved that alien so much. Everyone hated the shark jump so much, thought it was so ridiculous. But everyone loved this fucking alien that he got his own show and launched one of the most successful careers in film of all time. Yeah, I, I, I didn't put that together at first, but you're right. That's so stupid. That's yeah, the, so Mor the Mork and Mindy show came from came Mork from, from Orc. 
Yeah. Nanu Nanu. Yeah, and and you know the the shark jump's gone on to be parodied. Like Simpsons have have done it. Uh, they actually had Henry Winkler like physically jump over a shark on Arrested Development. Um, you know, it, it, it's in so many things. Uh, you know, Reno Nine One One did it, and it's left this lasting legacy. And you know, again. Another weird thing about Happy Days that I, I forgot to mention is there's an episode where you find out, like, everyone thinks that Fonzie died. And so he got, like, there's money. So Fonz has to act like his own widow. Oh, and, yeah. And, and, like, and he's in drag. He's, like, mourning right. drag. Like, the whole time. And, like, all of his ex-girlfriends are coming to mourn him. And he's, like, giving him, like, creepy hugs. Like, oh, yeah, no, it's okay. We all miss him. But he's, like, a woman. Fonzie's office is in the bathroom. And he sleeps with <laughs> underage girls. Yeah, he's yeah, really high cool. Kids. Real cool guy. <laughs> yeah, God, Jesus Christ. But yeah, I mean, again, the shark jump though. While that wasn't because you know, Happy Days went on to have several more seasons. It's not like it ruined the show, but that stood out to pop culture junkies who just couldn't shake the fact that it happened. So the phrase "jumping the shark" by most accounts was coined in 1987 by University of Michigan student Sean Connolly. Connolly and his friends used the term regularly to describe over-the-top and unnecessary moments in television, film, and literature. The idea of jumping the shark is not limited to only TV. There's many examples of this in other forms. Like, for instance, I would say musically, Kiss taking off their makeup is jumping the shark. Mm -hmm. You know, that was so out of character. To do the one thing that you're really known for and not do it is a shark jump. Mm -hmm. You know, and then to come out with this, like, 80s hair metal, like, you know, lick it it up. up. Yeah, which arguably is one of their best albums. Oh, yeah. It's really good. But, you know, still, it's one of those things. Also, like, on uh, Gilligan's Island, them getting off the island and then coming back. Well, they opened a resort there. Exactly. And, like, any time the Harlem Globetrotters are on a show ever is jumping the shark. That's globetrotting. If you go on to TVTropes.com, there's a whole thing with Harlem Globetrotters (laughs) because they've been on, like, Scooby-Doo and fucking Gilligan's Island. Uh, It's a whole thing. Also, like, Chinese democracy from Guns N' Roses could be considered a shark jump because it was just, like, weird conceptual shit and no one asked for it and it was just wasn't what anyone would have expected from Guns N' Roses. Now in 1997, comedian and former roommate of Sean Connolly, John Hine, founded the website JumpTheShark.com which cataloged all of the examples of Jumping the Shark. Hine went on to write several books about both TV and fast food and he became a radio personality that's a regular on the Howard Stern show. He also had you know very successful shows of his own on XM Radio and he sold the Jump the Shark website to TV Guide for according to him, one million dollars, but close friends of him speculate the number was closer to five to ten million dollars hmm. for the domain jumptheshark.com because hmm. it was it became such like, like you know back in the day websites used to be fun to go to mm-hmm. you know like you'd be like oh like let's check on Newgrounds or Ebombs World or like jumptheshark.com hamsterdance.com ha- hamster z thing like it, it never stick death I mean there, there was like websites used to be fun and, and this one th- th- that was apparently a fun one now if you go to it it just takes you right to tvguide.com. Uh, so, shark jumps throughout history. Happy Day star Ron Howard said that the very first time he ever heard anyone question the shark jump and, in a sense, use the phrase jumping the shark was when he and the cast were given the script for uh, the episode and his co-star, Donnie Most, a.k.a. Ralph the Mouth, pointed out that this, he pointed out the stunt on the script and was like, they're having him jump a shark now? And, like, that was before it happened, but when Ron Howard was interviewed on the Mark Marin podcast, he was like, yeah, like, I, I remember... 
Donnie being like, he, they're going to have him jump a shark. And like, we were all like, what the fuck is this? But like, then it happened. And so he, like, he knew that this was going to be something, mm-hmm. you know, but uh, Ron Harrod's kind of a genius like that. So others examples of shark jumping in happy days are not hard to find. Um, like, like we said, you know, Oh, like another big one in happy days was their iconic set of the soda Arnold's. shop. It burns down. Yeah. It burns down and they rebuild it as like a German beer house. Owls. Yeah. And it's not the same. Yeah. It was still called Arnold's, but that's when Al owned it. See, even then, then yeah. there's not even a guy named Arnold running Arnold's anymore. That was Pat Morita played him. Yeah, it, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, out of control. Also, I remember in that era because at a certain point, Happy Days has been on so long, it had to become the '60s. <laughs> and Joni and Chachi wanted to perform folk music at Arnold's. Oh God! And Fonzie was like, and then we, we like played. rock and roll. We like yeah. rock and roll at Arnold's. <laughs> yeah. We don't want to know to this folk music. Hey, hey. yeah, exactly. The Fonz does not like. Folk music. Folk music. Yeah, the Fonz likes rock and roll. Yeah, and Susie Quattro. Uh, now, there's also, there's also all the times that uh, Fonzie has to say that he's... <laughs> he has to say that he's... <laughs> oh, wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I, I guess what I'm trying to say is that he's... He's... <laughs> he can't say he's wrong or sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, that's not cool. Oh, and he couldn't look at, like, a piece of raw meat or something. Do you remember that? Or, like, they were doing a dissection, and he couldn't – he was afraid to look at something. Tough Fonz. Yeah. I, I, I mean, the whole that, show is stupid. Let's that, just – That checks out. Yeah. That, that, that checks out. Also, you know, so a quick list of some other examples. Um, for instance, La- there's an episode of Lassie where Lassie is in the water and is going to get attacked by a shark, but a dolphin saves Lassie. Flipper. Yeah. So there's that. Also, uh, in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Buffy dies at the end of a season, leaving it off kind of perfectly where it's like she gave her life to save the world, and then they just bring her back the next season. Um, Seinfeld, on the very last episode, they get arrested for nothing, and, like, that's kind of where it ends with, like, them, like, in jail, I believe. Like, that's... Like yeah. everyone was kind of like, well, that's kind of a weird fucking thing that wouldn't have happened. Uh, the entire show Lost is a shark jump. Yeah, and and that I think that had a lot to do with the writer strike. Like Lost was coming out right around that time, and so mm-hmm. they were going back and forth between new writers, and some of them weren't not as experienced as others, and so it's just like whatever what wanted to happen could happen. Um, Beverly Hillbillies, the Clampets by Central Park in New York, and then they tried to do the, the <laughs> Hillbillies of Manhattan, and, and that wasn't really a thing. Um, Roseanne, you know, uh, an entire show, classic Americana shit, based around a working class family, they win the lottery and then end up meeting like royalty and like all sorts of shit, like towards the end of that, completely defeating the whole purpose of the show. Um, they, you know, it's considered on the show Felicity when Felicity comes back with a short haircut, everyone tuned out. Same with on Star Trek next generation, uh, Strike or Riker, he uh, grows a beard, and everyone said that on the second season, like now we're really into this. We were skeptical, but now that that guy has a beard, great. So that's a moment where it's like considered like a positive shark jump. Um, also, the show Dallas when Jr. is shot, and it's one of the biggest cliffhangers of the 1980s. And then you find out that it was all just some guy's dream, and mm-hmm. that that was a shark jump moment. And then the show Prison Break, famously when they actually break out of prison. So now they're out of prison, and you have a show called Prison Break about guys that aren't in prison. No, but then they got into a worse prison in South America. Right. See, yeah. that's a shark jump. Yeah, even worse. <laughs> it's just like, what the fuck? Uh, but there's also a new phrase that's eerily similar to jumping the shark, and that phrase is nuking the fridge. And nuking the fridge comes from the 2008 film Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. In that film, Indiana Jones survives a nuclear bomb explosion by hiding in a lead-lined refrigerator. And the scene was so outrageous, even by action film standards, that it basically served as the nail in the coffin for the film, and many say for the franchise. 
franchise as a whole. Uh, yeah, that's pretty fucking crazy. I don't know if you ever saw uh, Rambo, not the original, but like the latest one that's just called Rambo. He outruns a nuclear blast. Like, and, and then, you know, there's a, a Fast and the Furious where Vin Diesel literally jumps over a submarine, like, in mm. a fucking car. Like, shit like that is, is called nuking a fridge. It's a little different than jumping the shark, because when some, a show jumps the shark, it's already established. You know, like, you've had years of enjoying this show and living in their world, and then something so crazy happens. Like, the Brady Bunch getting Cousin Oliver, or on Growing Pains, but now they're, all of a sudden, they've adopted a street kid played by Leonardo Luke. DiCaprio. Yeah, Luke. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like, or uh, even people say on the Cosby show when Olivia comes in, you know, it's kind of this thing where it's like, what the fuck? And then I think there was even a full house where, like, they finally, like, like one of them, like, hits their head and it's acknowledged that there's twins. It's like a weird. Oh, in the last episode, I think Michelle's in a coma. Yes, and she meets shark jump, and they both. What's well, the last episode? Yeah, I mean, they got to They could live a little, little wee way, but yeah, the two Olsen sisters talk to each other. <laughs> like, it's like I'm, I'm you, but alive or something like that. Yeah, right. So yeah, so the jumping the shark and then nuking the fridge, and again, a shark jump is a much bigger deal because there's a lot more at stake. Um, you know, because you could enjoy a whole movie and then just have one like ridiculous part and still enjoy the movie despite there being a, a you know a nuke fridge. But you know, um, but here's a recent one, and this is actually very very literal. And we're winding it down, folks. This was a short one. We have a big beefy one for you guys next week, so we wanted to just make sure that we didn't fall behind our weekly schedule here. So, thought we'd uh, bang this one out really quick. But in this year, 2021, during Shark Week on Discovery Channel, a, a crew member of the Jackass crew, the Jackass guys, he jumped the shark for real. And the whole joke being like, Jackass has done everything. The only thing left to do now is jump the shark. And then the kid jumps the shark. It's like one of the new cast members. His name is Poopsie. And he falls in and his hand was almost severed from his body from Tiger Bites or Tiger Shark Bites. I think it's Tiger Sharks. Um, but yeah, and it, like emergency surgery, they saved all of the little appendages and nerves and everything in his hand. But like, that's what happens when you actually jump a shark. It's not cool Fonzie <laughs> waving to the crowd. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's uh, your hand almost getting ripped from your body by a terrifying predator. So what does it all mean? I don't know. Is jumping the shark? Uh, it's it's important, right? It's 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 not like something totally stupid to have. It, you know what? I don't think it's such a bad thing because you got to keep things creative and you want to keep things changing and so they don't get stale. Um, and uh, you know, it's it's that's probably one of the most memorable episodes of happy days is this thing. So yeah, yeah no one day, remembers like a first kiss episode from happy days. Everyone remembers jumping the shark. You kind of only remember the crazy episodes of happy days. Well, that's kind of the thing. Cause it's like throughout life, right? Like if your life is just cause happy days was like a normal life kind of a show. Like it's like if the wonder years, like all of a sudden, like had an alien. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? That'd be cool. Yeah. <laughs> An alien in my bedroom? Yeah. Can it be serious? <laughs> I better not tell dad. <laughs> yeah, like whatever the hell. The dad in one is terrifying. Yeah, wh yeah. Or like Wayne would jump a shark. Yeah. So, uh, you know, th that's kind of the thing. And I mean, while nothing can last forever and good ideas dry up, writers will always look for that Hail Mary pass that might save the sinking ship. But, you know, while jumping the shark might signify the death of a project, it can also create a high point that will be remembered for much longer than the show as a whole itself. And that's why we wanted to cover it really quickly today on Culture Dumps. Uh, Adam, I know you have something that you need to do today, but no, quick, no, go, I mean, we're here. Go yeah, ahead. Uh, we'll go ahead and, and, and plug your stuff because then I have to um, correct myself for some things that I, I got wrong on our tattoo episode. And oh, you, you don't necessarily need to be here for that. Okay. Well. <laughs> 
<laughs> a, uh, a culture dumps mea culpa. Um, yeah, well, I, so I am still running for governor. Um, pretty much have all the paperwork in. Everything's good to go. I uh, go to Adam for Gov. There's really no information on there. It's just the website. <laughs> you just have to I have made. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's going to be listed in the voter guide, I think. Uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens with all that. Um, I hope to do some campaigning, but honestly, like, just get on the ballot. I'm so burned out from that. And, <laughs> and, and you know what? Let me just say about politics. Like, if you're trying to work a job and do this, it's impossible. If right. I wasn't in a position where I could take off That's work whenever I want. That's why you have to be so crooked and, like, you have money and shit. Look, you, ha- you have to be like, – here's the, here's the thing that I've discovered. The only way you can get into politics is if you're already rich and you can pay somebody to figure this out for you. And if you're already rich, then you have no one – you have no incentive to see anything change at all because you're already on top. Yeah. So politics is politics is the ultimate shark jump. Yeah. Sit on it, California. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Fuck yeah. All right. Well, that's Adam Papagan, folks. Uh, you know, to thank you again for for joining us today while we discuss Anytime. jumping the shark. Yeah. And uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna get into some other stuff now, but I'm gonna let Adam go. Okay, folks. It's. Just me now. I had to see uh, our guest Adam off, but we always like to, you know, uh, go back over some things that we have talked about in the past and correct ourselves if if we need to. We're we're never above admitting when we were wrong or mistaken. And we got a message from one of our listeners here, uh, White Mamba Vintage, and you know, uh, a a proud Russian and. They kind of explained to us a little bit more about the tattoo situation in Russia. So according to him, essentially Putin, you know, came into power in 2000 and really didn't start tightening the screws in in their words until after 2008 ish. So it was a little bit like the Wild West as far as pop culture goes in Russia during during that time, like right after 1999, uh, up for a few years. And that's kind of how tattoo was able to go around, because uh, in the 90s, you know, the the Soviet Union had anti-sodomy laws, but those were taken out. You know, those were, you know. Uh, t- taken off the books so there wasn't necessarily like throw you in prison anti-gay laws at the time that tattoo was going around and there was other gay entertainers but they were more kind of treated like like Liberace was where it's just like yeah we all know but we're not gonna uh, you know pay pay it too much mind let's just say and also as far as uh, when we mentioned like state regulated music and things like that there's you know uh, still plenty of protest you know our artists and and protest music and artwork coming out of russia um that you know didn't suffer any legal repercussions or anything like that so it wasn't as necessarily as as strict or as dangerous as we had made it sound uh still not the most accepting you know place and then of course the gay propaganda laws came into effect uh there in 2012 which is kind of what we were talking about when we said that even just being out uh in in russia is, is is kind of a dangerous thing so we just wanted to clear that up a little bit uh you know again it wasn't absolute hell that tattoo was existing and they were able to kind of move about uh, freely in in the russian um, media world there so with that being said folks make sure you follow us on patreon uh you know subscribe over there for all of our extra bonus stuff that's patreon.com slash culture dumps follow us on instagram at culture dumps and also send us an email if you'd like at culture dumps at gmail.com i'm ryan lichten our guest for today was adam papagan and if you ate it up, we dump it out. These days are all, show them that we-